This is John Abrahams from House of Wax, The Faculty, and Scary Movie. And you're listening to the Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Podcast. Stay right here, or die. In a world where zombies, ghosts, serial killers, and vampires all exist, it's Nico, Brian, Mike, and Dustin. And they are all that stand between you and the films that could end the world. Welcome to the Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to the Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Review Podcast. Just want to thank all our fans and listeners. We really appreciate it. And we are joined today by an actor and director with credits that span nearly 25 years. He's known for roles in Scary Movie, The Faculty, Meet the Parents, and House of Wax, Mr. John Abrahams. Thank you so much for joining us, man. How are you doing? I'm doing well, man. Thanks for having me today. You know, to start off all, almost all of our interviews, we always just like to ask, what got you into acting, man? Uh, well, it's sort of a long story. I'll try to make it short for y'all. Um, uh, I uh, was always interested in working in films. Uh, my dad was a animator and uh, a music video director when I was a kid, and uh, he still teaches animation. And, um, you know, he used to take me to all kinds of movies that I shouldn't have seen at a really young age, like Creep Show was the first movie I ever saw, or, I, you know, one of the first movies I saw in, like, a theater. And um, I was really obsessed with horror movies, and so I kind of, you know, was interested in working in film, but not as an actor. I wanted to... Uh, I wanted to do special effects like makeup effects and stuff. And um, I was pretty serious about it. I used to like, you know, go to conventions and tried to work for like Tom Savini and, you know, met Dick Smith and all the legends. And uh, then when I got to high school, um, I, uh, I took a film class and I was like really into that. And uh, I started taking an improv class. And, um, you know, that really opened my eyes to acting, um, but I didn't want to do it professionally. And uh, the summer of my junior year of high school, I got picked off the street to be in a movie called Kids. Right. Which, uh, yeah, which is, I remember which that. Is a, yeah. Yeah. And that was, a, that was a movie about and starring, you know, a whole bunch of non-actors that I grew up with and sort of about our, uh, you know, our lives uh, growing up in downtown New York City in the 90s. And so, um, you know, I, I kind of, uh, I kind of like got the opportunity to be in that movie and, um, you know, still wasn't thinking, oh, this is what I'm going to do with my life. I just thought, well, this is cool. I get to work on a movie and, you know, it's a cool thing to do and, and all that. And, um, and then kids, uh, you know, kids, came out and was sort of a big deal, which we had no idea it would be, you know, when we were making it. And, um, you know, it was like in, uh, on the cover of all these magazines, there was a whole hype about it. And, um, and out of that, uh, an agent saw me in it and called me up and was like, Hey, I'm, you know, I think you could have a career. Is this something you want to do? And I was like, no, thanks. And I hung up the phone. And then, uh, <laughs> And then uh, he called back and he was like, look, look, I'm the real deal. Like, why don't you meet me in a crowded hotel lobby? And, um, you know, I did. And he sort of, uh, you know, made me see that, like, there's an opportunity I should try to take up. So I did. And um, 
shortly after that, I booked a part in uh, Dead Man Walking, playing Sean Penn's brother with uh, me and Jack Black, me and a young Jack Black. And um, that's where I really was like, oh, you know what, this is, uh, I really like this and I, I, I should keep, you know, keep trying to do this. And so, um, you know, that's where I found myself. And now I'm here 25 years later talking to the Don't Go Out There podcast. <laughs> yeah, I watched kids uh, way too young, I think, um, for, for the uh, subject matter in that movie, for sure. And that's definitely one of those movies that has stuck with me over the years, no doubt, because I watched it in middle school, and that was, you know, kind of when you're coming of age, and that movie was was pretty hardcore. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Super hardcore. And, you know, man, I mean, I wasn't – I was – the movie was NC-17 when it came yeah. out, and I was uh, I was 16 when we made it, and I was 17 when it came out. And, um, you know, so I was, I was, I was young, and I'm not sure – you know, it affected me. I knew it was a, a, you know, a substantial film and, and, you know, had something to say, but, but I'm not sure that I was even old enough to like really be affected by it. It wasn't until, you know, five or six years later that I, that I rewatched the movie one night by myself. And I was like, just so affected by it because I had gained those years and age and, and perspective, you know? Right. Well, you know, early on in your career, early on in your career, you know, you, you booked uh, what's become, you know, such a cult classic movie with a star-studded cast in the faculty. Um, yeah. Can, you, can yeah. you talk a little bit about that? I mean, and, and also that's got one of the top two horror movie soundtracks, in my opinion, and it's not number two. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. Um, yeah. So let's see. So, you know, I remember... Um, I went to audition for it and I think it was for Elijah Wood's role. And uh, I kind of knew, I kind of knew like, you know, I'm not right for this, but you know, like I said, I'm a horror movie fanatic and like, you know, obviously, you know, Robert Rodriguez is just the coolest. And uh, I was like, I I really want to be in this movie. And so I went and auditioned for uh, Robert Rodriguez and Mary Vernu who was casting it. And, um, you know, I did the audition and then I was like, hey, you know, I, I just want to tell you, like, if you don't like me for this role, like, could I maybe play the fuck you boy? Yeah. <laughs> and, and I think like, I think like he really got a kick out of somebody asking for like, what is, you know, maybe two lines in the movie, you know, and wanting to do that. And so he was like, you know, yeah. And so like, you know, that's how I ended up in the movie. And then, um, you know, I think it was a similar story for summer phoenix who's the fuck you girl yeah and uh yeah and um and you know we uh we met on that movie and like she's one of my best friends to this day you know i I see her all the time we we, you know she's one of my really good friends so like uh a lot of amazing things came out of that and then you know past that you know it's a small community when you're like an actor and you're you know you're in the mix and stuff and so like I knew a lot of people that were working on the movie when I got there, you know, I already knew a lot of folks and, you know, um, it was just like that kind of atmosphere, you know, it was like a lot of people that you just knew were like about to blow up. And um, yeah, I mean, I was just in heaven, you know, like I think KNB did the effects for it. And, uh, you know, there was just all kinds of things that for me personally were like amazing to, to, to be part of, you know? 
Right, for sure. And, and you know, we got to talk about Scary Movie. I mean, hell, that, that was such a, a huge hit for you. And, and you played one of the main roles, you know, in Bobby in that movie. And I'm sure you're tired of talking about that. But, but you know, could you talk, touch a little bit on that role and, you know, the audition process you went through for that? Yeah, for sure. So, um, so I should just start by saying that, like, you know, the Wayans brothers, like, were everything to me when I was in junior high school. Like, in Living Color was, you know, Same. everything. And, and I'm going to get you, sucker, uh, was, like, one of my favorite movies ever. It still is. And uh, so, you know, I was just a super fan. And I was making a movie called Texas Rangers. Yes. Miramax. Um, With James and, Van, uh, Van Der Beek was in there, right? Yeah, it's got a cast of thousands. It's got James yes, Van Der Beek, Ashton Kutcher, Usher. Um, you know, uh, yeah, 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 so many, uh, Robert Patrick is in it, Alfred Molina, um, you know, Tom Skerritt, uh, we could go on and on. And, and, uh, so they, they were making that movie and we, you know, I was on set in Canada and we were there forever. And, um, I had been in a movie recently for Miramax called Outside Providence. Mm -hmm. And um, I think Miramax, like, they knew me because I grew up in Tribeca, and Miramax was in Tribeca at the time, and, like, they knew me as this kind of neighborhood kid who was coming in for all these movies and was now in Dimension, did faculty, and so, you know, they kind of knew me, and um, Outside Providence was about to come out, and they really liked me in Outside Providence, and so they kind of cornered me on set one day and were like, hey, we're making this movie with the Wayans brothers and, you know, we think you should be the, you know, you should play this part. And they kind of like cornered me and were like, you have to do it. And <laughs> I was like, I don't know. I don't understand why you're like, of course, like, why would you, why would I say no to that? You know? <laughs> right. And, um, but, but I get, I guess like, you know, I guess there were a lot of like hot, you know, young male Hollywood actors that, you know, had turned it down and, you know, whatever. But, you know, I was not one of those. I was like, <laughs> what? You want me to go where? Like, I'll do anything to work for the Wayans brothers, you know? And, uh, right. and so um, I went in, I had to fly to LA and audition for, uh, for Keenan. And, you know, I just like geeked out when I got there. I was like, <laughs> you have no idea. Like, you know, I'm going to get you suckers, my favorite movie and, you know, all this stuff. And um, they're also all from, uh, they're from downtown Manhattan too. They're from Chelsea. And like, so we, you know, we kind of hit it off on that front and, um, and then there you go. And then, uh, you know, I worked on that as Bobby and, uh, you know, I still work with those guys all the time. Like, uh, you know, it's been an amazing partnership and collaboration, you know, thing that's, that's grown out of that movie for the last 20 years, you know? Um, so I'm forever thankful for those dudes. I mean, I'll do anything. They want me to paint a house. I'll paint a house, you know? <laughs> John, I want to ask you about one of my personal favorite movies, uh, House of Wax. We actually just got yeah. finished reviewing that recently. And funny enough, we're actually going to be reviewing the faculty and scary movie pretty soon. Can you talk about <laughs> your role as Dalton, if you don't mind, in that whole experience? That's another one that's become a kind of a cult classic in a short amount of time. I really like the movie, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's a really good movie, and you know, I think like you know, there was a there was a funny time frame where like uh, the studios were redoing, you know, remaking a lot of the classics, and um, yep. you know, there's like two groupings that came out of that, right? Like there's the there's the stuff that um, that Joel Silver did from his company, like 
House of Wax and um, House on Haunted Hill and Ghost Ship and all those. Right. And then right. right after that, you know, right after that, you have like the remakes of Texas Chainsaw and Nightmare on Elm Street and, you know, all those. Right. And, you know, the, the latter of which I, I really didn't think they did they did justice to those franchises. But I do think what Joel Silver did with a lot of the like William Castle horror films was really great. Like he really, you know, he really took those and made them more and made them better and, you know, not better, but just different, you know, he really improved upon them and uh, in a way. And um, so, yeah, so that's what, you know, that's how House of Wax came. Well, it came about because um, I can't remember. I somehow, somehow I got offered the part. And then um, I remember talking to Jama Sara, who directed it, who is a good friend of mine and, and an amazing director. And, uh, you know, oh, yeah. I remember him being like, you know, again, it's sort of this thing where, like, my whole career, I've kind of always been a guy who is more interested in being a character actor than a leading man. And, and um, you know, it was another situation where I think Jama was like, you're kind of overqualified to play Dalton, you know? And I was like, I don't care. I want to do it, you know? Like, <laughs> um, uh, and so, so yeah. So then I, you know, that's how that came about. And I remember like doing a lot of, uh, I was, you know, I'm sort of OCD about certain things and, you know, I really wanted to try to control that character, at least his aesthetic as much as I could. Cause I was like concerned about that. And, um, I remember I put together like this, you know, 50 page lookbook of like references for the character and sent it to them. And they were like, why did you send us this? Like, you didn't have to do all that work, <laughs> you know? Um, but, uh, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, you know, and that was amazing. Like, I mean, we were in, we shot that in Australia and they built that entire town. They built it in the middle of the jungle in Australia. Um, you know, to, oh, wow. to look like a town in the, yeah, in Louisiana. So, you know, you had like these proper sets, you know, that were like fully dressed and everything that you could walk into. And then, you know, on top of that, we had like three full sound stages that were fully dressed and, you know, you had like, you know, everything was made out of wax and like, you know, I just remember like, you know, behind the scenes, there were like, these massive giant cauldrons of paraffin wax just constantly boiling so that the, you know, production designers could, uh, could, could build these sets and build the, you know, the props and all that stuff. Um, wow. so it was a, you know, it was a big show and, uh, and we were in Australia for a long time and, uh, you know, it was just, it was, it was cool as a cucumber. I mean, it's, it's really neat having worked on horror movies that have no budget, and and having worked on a few that have you know big budgets, it's it's always interesting to see like, you know, see a horror movie with a sort of you know, indispensable budget like just you know so much money thrown behind it. Um, you know, it's it's pretty amazing the detail, the detail that they're able to to do is just incredible. You know. Right. Did, right. did Jared yeah. did Jared Padalecki ever forgive you for what you did to his face? <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't do it to his face. I was trying to save him, so so I think I'm good on that one. You know, um, yeah. That, whether that's he one forgave of... Brian, yeah, whether he forgave Brian Van Holt or not, I don't know. 
<laughs> yeah, that was one of the you know most cringeworthy scenes. Just watching you peel his face off and the tears running down his face. I love I love yeah. that scene. I think it's awesome. Yeah. And I wanted yeah, to just cool. shout out Jame, or you know the director too, because I love Orphan as well, and he did a great job in Orphan as well. Yeah, I mean he's amazingly talented, and I think House of Wax was his first movie. Um, I think before that he had just done commercial stuff, and uh, and then he, um, you know, he went on to make a, a ton of good movies. That I, you know, I've worked for him again on um, on uh, Nonstop a few years back with Liam Neeson. Oh, and, right. uh, you know, he's made it. Yeah, he continues to work. I mean, most recently, I think he did Jungle Cruise uh, for Disney, which with Isn't The Rock, it? which should be coming out any day. But, um, you know, he yeah, I call him like the new Hitchcock because he's like he's really, really good with suspense. You know, he just he just is. And he has a special eye for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, shifting gears a little bit, can you talk to us a little bit about this movie Clover? Uh, it looks to me like it's a you know a throwback crime film, and that you know you produced this, you directed it, and you acted in it. So, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, man, I'd love to. Um, so, uh, you know, like I said, I always wanted to work in film, and you know, I think more than acting, I, I kind of always wanted to direct. And that's because, like, I have interest in lots of different things, you know, in all the arts, you know, music and visual arts and, you know, obviously film and acting and stuff. And so directing kind of encompasses all of those things. Um, and so about six years ago, my best friend is a cinematographer and, um, you know, he sort of gave me the nudge. I think I was kind of fearful to jump into the directing seat and he kind of gave me the nudge and uh, pushed me to uh to get into that and so we made a we made a film five years ago called all at once and then um clover we made after that and uh clover just came out april 3rd it was actually i think we might be one of the first movies that came out during uh covid right <laughs> you know which is kind of bittersweet for us because you know we were due out in theaters we were going to be in 11 theaters um nationwide and uh and uh, we had to end up just going straight to uh, VOD. But, um, but yeah, Clover is, uh, you know, Clover's interesting. It is a throwback crime film sort of along the lines of like a um, Elmore Leonard-ish story. But, um, but it also, for me, like I was able to apply a lot of my horror inspirations and also like kind of comic book inspirations. You know, so it's sort of a sort of a crime story, throwback crime story, but told through a slight sort of horrific graphic novel lens, you know, um, awesome. and that's kind of how I treated it. And, you know, we have an amazing cast on that. We got uh, Ron Perlman. I'm sure you all know Ron Perlman from Hellboy and so many other things. And um, and Chaz Palminteri and uh, Erica Christensen and Julia Jones who's on The Mandalorian and uh Nicole Elizabeth Berger plays Clover and Mark Weber, you know, who's been at it as long as I have and as a talented director in his own right. So it's a, you know, and it goes on and on. Jessica Zor, I mean, there's a big cast and, uh, you know, we're real proud of it. I, I really wanted to make an homage to kind of all those sort of culty movies that I grew up with, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. John, you brought up the movie All at Once. It's another movie that you were producer, director, actor on. Uh, do you want to talk to us a little bit about that? Uh, from what I know, it's about your character kind of taking guardianship 
of his best friend's ch- uh, children after 9-11. Do you want to talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. So, like I said, All at Once um, was my first directorial feature, and uh, it came out in 2016. And, um, you know, I think you can, it's available on Amazon right now, and uh, I think Tubi might be carrying it currently. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, you know, it's the movie that I, you know, I took the step into directing on and, um, you know, it really set me on my current path, which is focusing more on directing now. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a little different. It's not a culty film in, in any sense, but, uh, it is a sort of homage to movies I grew up with that I loved, like, you know, the John Hughes movies and, um, you know, it deals with, uh, a young artist who adopts his best friend's children when his best friends pass away on 9-11. But it, uh, it takes place 10 years after. And, you know, it's sort of dealing with this guy who, you know, has kind of given away everything to raise these children that are not his own. And, um, you know, at this point in time, one of them is a kind of troubled teen and the other one is a younger piano prodigy. And, um, you know, yeah, I'm I'm real happy with that film. It it really has a lot of heart, and that's kind of what I set out to make was a movie with heart and um and show kind of like a non-traditional, realistic view of uh, of family life, you know, in America. So um, so yeah, you know, uh, definitely check that one out too if uh, if y'all are interested. Yeah, absolutely. I was gonna say that it it really did seem like I had a lot of a lot of heart to it and was a, a definitely a different pace from some of the roles that you've taken on in the past. So um, it really, you know, it was, it was very intriguing and I, I would encourage anybody to go check that out too. Yeah. Thank you, brother. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm a big fan of, of dramedy, you know, I, yeah. I like working in that sort of hybrid medium because I just think, you know, life is like that. Life is both funny and, you know, and, uh, and intense. Uh, all the time. And, um, you know, I think like if there were any, there was any correlation to be drawn between All at Once and Clover, it's it's that they're both, they're both dramedies. I mean, Clover is a crime comedy. I call it a crimedy, uh, which I've trademarked. I've <laughs> trademarked that, so don't try to steal it. Trademark. And, um, and Trademark. you know, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and, you know, so, um, you know, I like working in that, in that kind of that that place and in that rhythm you know yeah i mean and you touched on this a little bit earlier you know with 2020s kind of halted you know all kinds of productions all over the country and in the world really but you know how how has that really affected your work on some of the projects you've been doing this year well i mean like i said you know i mean we were <laughs> clover was about to come out in theaters and we were about to have our premiere the day that lockdown started um so you know that was that was a bitter pill to swallow because, uh, you know, I am from the generation that like, you know, I make movies, I, you know, you want them to be on the big screen Absolutely. and, uh, you know, we, we were finally going to get a chance to have, you know, a movie on the big screen. And obviously, you know, we had to, uh, we had to surrender that and just release it on VOD. Um, so, you know, that's affected me greatly in that sense. And, um, you know, I, you know, it's, it's, it's been, you know, I, I made it as an homage to cult films and, you know, cult films, at least for me, I've rarely discovered on the big screen. I discover them in like some dirty, dusty VHS or whatever. 
So, uh-huh. like, you know, in that sense, I think, like, you know, it's kind of cool for Clover because it's out there and it's there to be discovered. And, you know, hopefully it gains some sort of, like, cult, you know, viewership and, and likes um, over the course of time. But, um, you know, so the whole COVID thing definitely affected me as a filmmaker uh, very specifically uh, in the sense that I released probably one of the first movies to come out during lockdown. And, um you know, uh, past that, um, I directed another movie last year, which will be coming out in the next year called Exploited. And that's a kind of, um, that's a horror film. It's an erotic horror film that takes place on a college campus. And, uh, everybody, all your listeners should be on the lookout for Exploited. But, um, you know, I was, I was basically finishing post on the film when lockdown started. And so that delayed a bunch of stuff. And, uh, you know, I had to end up kind of doing all my final sound mixes and and score and everything during lockdown uh, virtually, which was uh, which was an interesting experience. You know, I can't say it was all that bad for me um, because, you know, surprisingly, like doing a sound mix virtually wasn't so bad, you know, doing it in headphones. Um, you know, it still felt like an intimate relationship between me as a director and, and the sound designer, you know, and the sound mixer. But, um, but yeah, so, you know, those are two ways that making films during this time has directly affected me. And then past that, you know, man, fucking, excuse my language, production has like halted, you know, I mean, it's been at a halt. So like now it's starting to kind of seemingly pick up for me in the sense that like, you know, there's, there seems to be more production happening, but, um, but, uh, but yeah, you know, man, like, uh, you know, it's anybody's guess when production will get back to normal. And so, uh, that right. affects me greatly. Right. Cause, uh, I, I don't have another job right now, right. you know? <laughs> well, it's yeah. definitely, it's definitely interesting in the fact that, you know, direct video or video on demand is not, at all the death sentence that it used to be i mean people are almost everybody especially nowadays kind of in the same boat and everybody's consuming just 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 material just constantly online and just i just amazon and and tubi like you brought up and just everything so um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you may find a, a whole new life on vod exactly exactly and, and and you know sorry if i didn't say that like i don't um you know, like, obviously, I'm from a generation that, like, you know, I think of movies first oh, yeah. as being on a big big screen. However, yeah. you know, like, we released all at once very successfully on VOD, and, you know, it's had a really nice life there. And, you know, I think that, like, the new sort of equalized playing field of, of releasing independent films, you know, straight to streaming or VOD um, – you know, I think it's just that, like, I think it gives a lot more filmmakers an opportunity where they might not have had them before. And like, I think that's a beautiful thing, you know, Um, because yeah, like you said, you you can end up getting, you know, I mean, you're not getting the viewers from the theatrical, you're getting the viewers from the online presence of the film. And and that's forever. One way or another, that's going to be forever, because if it gets bootlegged, it's going to be out there forever in whatever fashion. So you know, you're, 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 you as an independent filmmaker are able to get, I don't know how many more views than you would theatrically. So yeah, that's a blessing. You know, that's definitely a great thing about all this, I think. Oh, um, absolutely. And then past that, you know, yeah. And then past that, you know, it's like, I came up as a mainly independent film guy and like, um, 
you know, that sort of transition now to streaming television. I really think a lot of streaming television is really what independent film used to be. Uh, and so I've been trying to kind of move into um, television directing and, and, and creating and stuff like that. And so I'm sort of putting my focuses on that. I, um, I've been shadowing on some shows, you know, obviously before lockdown and uh, trying to trying to crack away at directing episodic television because um, I think there's a lot of interesting stuff to be done there, you know? Absolutely. Oh, yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, speaking, you know, of video on demand, it looks like Black Hearted Killer has just recently come out on Amazon Prime. Can you tell us a little bit about that, yeah. man? Yeah, sure. Um, so Black Hearted Killer uh, – was made uh last year and it was made it came out on lifetime i think first um and it's a you know it's a it's a kind of great you know lifetime thriller kind of vibe uh this couple has a daughter who dies in a car accident and um a woman shows up saying she's the recipient of our daughter's heart uh as a donation and um we start to figure out that this woman isn't telling all the truth and that there's more to the story. So, uh, you know, it's a, it's a kind of great by the numbers thriller. I mean, and that's another thing is like, you know, I think if you like these kind of culty thrillers, um, there's a lot of like interesting spaces where they exist now where they didn't used to exist. Like a lot of the time, a lot of these movies on lifetime, you know, are really good, like kind of small by the number thrillers. You know, right. um, they're fun. They're fun, and they get interesting people, filmmakers, to make them. Um, Black Hearted Killer was directed by Roxy She, and uh, she's a really interesting filmmaker. You guys should check her out. She's done a lot of cool stuff, and you know, in the genre. And um, yeah, I think you're seeing a lot of cool people like work in 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 genre stuff in in those facets. So that's why I wanted to do it. You know, uh, and um, and yeah, it's it's cool. It's on, it's on Amazon now. So. Y'all can go check out Black Hearted Killer after you watch Clover and after you watch All at Once, of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, so, so, I mean, you've kind of touched on some of the stuff, but, I mean, is there anything else on the docket for uh, John Abrahams you'd like to uh, tell our audience about? Well, I mean, you know, look out for Exploited. Like I said, that should be coming out next year. Um, and, uh, you know, if, if y'all are horror movie fanatics, um, this uh this will not disappoint it's got it's got a, everything it's got a mass killer and college kids getting slashed and you know all that jazz um, what more could you want what so, more exactly and then <laughs> um yeah you know no i'm just trying to push clover right now and uh you know and figure out my next thing i'm uh i'm working on a television show idea right now that i'm trying to develop and uh and we'll see what happens but uh if i can plug my social medias. Uh, you mentioned Cameo, and that's how y'all found me, which is so rad. Right. Um, but uh, so y'all can find me on Cameo, and uh, if you want shout outs or whatever, uh, let me know through there. And then um, uh, follow me on Instagram at the real John Abrahams. At the real John Abrahams. That's J O N A B R A H A M S. Give me a follow, and I'll keep you updated with. Uh, all my newest endeavors hey awesome man you just uh you took my last question if you wanted to plug your cameo or socials but john if you don't mind me asking one more thing before we let you go you said you grew up a diehard horror fan so i'm curious yeah. uh what what was your what was your 
favorite part of horror slashers uh the thrillers the like insidious conjuring kind of stuff or you yeah know. well you know okay so i'm real into like creature effects and uh and makeup effects and you know special effects in that sense and so i was really into like a lot of the gore stuff um but like movies that i just loved when i was a kid um i loved reanimator i loved um I loved um, Return of the Living Dead, which is a kind of interesting hybrid film. It's got a bit of comedy in it, and it makes it really frightening. Um, I loved Return of the Living Dead. I love the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I just think that's a perfect film. I don't see how you can really top it. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, I liked a lot of the Italian zombie films, and I love Dario Argento and, like, a lot of the Italian horror stuff I was really into. Um and then, you know, anything with creature effects. Like I said, I love the Creep Show franchise and, like, you know, what is it, uh, Puppet Master and, like, right. you know, all that kind of <laughs> pumpkin pumpkin head and, like, you know, all that stuff. I could, I used to watch that shit all the time, man. Awesome. Yeah, Puppet Master. Yeah. I could never get that leech, the, the leech puppet out of my head. That one was terrifying. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep, 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 for sure. For sure. And, you know, and, and so many more, you know, and, and then obviously moving into sci-fi and stuff like that, like, you know, big Star Wars fan and, you know, all that stuff. Anything with like really great practical makeup effects, I was super into, you know. Oh, yeah. Um, I was, was going to say, I bet you love the thing. <laughs> yeah, I love, love the thing. I love John Carpenter, obviously. And, um, you know, so Clive Barker, Nightbreed, love Nightbreed, love Hellraiser. You know, all those kind of like 90s, early 90s horror films, man. I was like all about it. All about it. Um, I'm trying to think of like stuff I've seen recently that I'm digging, but I'm kind of drawing a blank. I'm trying to think like what horror movies I've seen recently. Well, I mean, A Quiet Place, I just think is a near perfect horror film. I, have I, to love, say. I love that movie. Uh, I love that too. I mean, that movie is just perfectly executed. In, in almost every way i just loved it um so there's there's good stuff i mean you know and then obviously there's all this indie horror stuff and there's so much of it man it's just it's just awesome you know it's awesome that that genre continues to uh to to speak to so many you know absolutely john i just want to say uh from on behalf of me and brian uh thank you for joining us on the show today uh you are awesome uh, you had a lot of good insight, and we'll make sure we plug your cameo, your Instagram, and we'll shout your movies out, man. So thank you for joining us, brother. Hey, man, thank you so much for having me. Really, I'm uh, I'm flattered to be here, and uh, and uh, hold on one sec. Yeah, I'm flattered to be here, and you know, uh, let me know when this is gonna come out so I can post it on my social and uh, and big up you guys. All right. Absolutely. Oh yeah, I'll, I'll get I'll probably get this posted to our YouTube tonight or tomorrow, and Brian will have the. Uh, the podcast ready in no time he's brian's the man you got it well y'all 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 send me what you want to send me and i'll and i'll post about it will do thank you so much hey thanks fellas happy hey be, sa be safe Enjoy. man happy thanksgiving don't go out don't go out there what's your favorite scary movie Yo, I'ma scare the socks off you for sure.
sure the shot stops all you. Knock your locks off and chop your watch off you. Lurking in the back like a crook in the black of the bushes. With the racks with the axe and the stacks of wood is. By the garage, the mirage tracks the shadow. My weapon is large for bodies, I'm strapped for battle. My soul is in the crossroads and hides for filling. Somewhere deep inside the spirit to rise to kill her. I'm too distant to talk. My vicious assault is inflicted in parts to slit you a stick in your heart. I got nothing to lose and nothing to gain. Only way I'm dying is up in flames. I'm stuck in the game. Look at you busting your thing. Shots only get stuck in my frame. I got you not trusting your aim. I never speak, but you can hear me breathe at night. With a hunger and greed for life to deceive us right. I'm a true killer, a true prison to do business. Live on a booth on a river, droop with news clippings. I only come out when it's time to run out and find an innocent victim inside. One house with blinds. I'm Freddy Krueger, Jason and Scream, chasing a dream. Looking for a scene to take to the extreme for the means. You better carry your Uzis, it's rare to do me. Everybody's scared to view me, I'm scary movies. Yo, y'all want drama? Wanna make a scary movie? Rappers coming in with their team and carry coolies. You can jump right out of the screen and barely move me. We hard hitting, directing the star in it. Y'all want drama? Wanna make a scary movie? Rappers coming in with their team and carry coolies. You can jump right out of the screen and barely move me. We hard hitting, directing the star in it. Niggas from the walls won't bleed. Thirty dozen niggas don't bleed. Boys five nine don't bleed. Rock city niggas don't bleed. Room in this big house, you chose to act. You running slower and slower, so you froze in panic. I'm wearing a white mask, black cloak, and dagger. You scatter, hoping for life, grabbing ropes and ladders. Under this robe, I'm tatted up, automatic up. I'm mad as fuck, I'ma kill no matter what you. Live in the wrong house at the wrong time, you. Answer the wrong call, so you all mine. You can't put fear in the heart of the heartless. Got a list of names, just don't know which one to start with. At your house, staking it out, posing this carpenter. Looking for closets and house guns with cartridges. I'm low down the stress. I go round the rest of the house looking for granny to throw down the steps. And when it's your turn, oh, you know it's tragic. And the music in the background is so dramatic. I'm trying to lift you off your feet. Hope you know gymnastics. Try to soak the mattress with rope molasses. You try to cover your head like a prophylactic. Next time somebody calling your phone, don't answer it. Wanna make a scary movie? Rappers coming in with their team and carry coolies. You can jump right out of the screen and barely move me. We hard hitting, directing a star in it. Y'all want drama? Wanna make a scary movie? Rappers coming in with their team and carry coolies. You can jump right out of the screen and barely move me. We hard hitting, directing a star in it. Niggas from the walls won't bleed. Thirty dozen niggas don't bleed. Voice five nine don't bleed. Rock city niggas don't bleed. Other like the Wayans brothers, Rock City niggas always name each other. Niggas got cool.